We're in Psalm 71. Psalm 71 is the psalm to the aged member. How many are in that group? You're aged. You'd, oh, you put your hand up. I'm surprised. Many of you. Uh, but for those of us who have more of our life behind us than in front of us, that's you. And for this particular psalm, David is an elderly man at the time. Now, the authorship is not for sure that it's him, but we're pretty sure it is David. And David is probably weathering some battles. One of the challenging things about life is when you're young, it's good for a man to bear his, his yoke when? In his youth. You expect when you're young and dumb, you take on a lot of challenges and you do some stuff and you drink a lot of cans of stupidity uh, when we're young. It takes a while for our spiritual kidneys to kind of flush those things out. But uh, as you age, there are new challenges. If you don't know what those challenges are, you can read Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And it says, because of all the challenges of aging, you know, when you're older, your knees go out more than you do. <laughs> and when you're older, when you've been down to pick up something, you ask yourself while you're down there, is there anything else I can do while I'm down here? There's a lot of challenges that go when you're aging, you know. You, you get a thrill out of elevator music when you're older, you know. A lot of things change and a lot of things happen to us as we age. And, and the Bible tells us, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time. And then the vapor off the top of your coffee or off a tea kettle on your stove or soup that's on your stove, it just shows for a little time and then it goes away. My grandmother would say, John, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer it gets to the end, the faster it goes. And there are challenges about getting old. And oftentimes, one of the benefits of getting old is that God lets you be a grandparent. God lets the kids that you didn't kill to have children, right? <laughs> and give you the benefit of that. And, and we learn a little bit and we see uh, the Bible tells us the glory of children are their parents, their fathers. Kids, want, when, when you're a little, you want to have a relationship with your dad. When you're old, you want a relationship with your dad. My dad went home to be with Jesus 25 years ago, but sometimes I miss him so bad. Had one of my boys who lives out in California, he called me this week and said, Dad, you got a minute? And I always say, yes. Are you busy? Yes. Do I have a minute? Yes. For you, I do. So then I've got this situation, situation. Can you help me, Dad? Had a, one of my sons text me this morning about a, an automobile that he's thinking about purchasing. He says, hey, Dad, look at these two. What do you think I should do about that? Or do you, what do you think this year and this year? And I don't know all about that, but I'm glad to hear him ask me. Because the glory of children are their fathers. And that's why the devil has been so successful to get men angry dads, abusive dads, addicted dads. Aloof, just not involved, or even absent altogether, and it's the breakdown of our society because dads have failed to be responsible to keep rules and to work on relationships that are so important. But we see that God is a, God is a great helper for us in different times. And in Psalm 71, David is older, and one of his boys had gone away. 
Solomon, Absalom, excuse me, has just come and did a revolt to try to take over his dad's kingdom, not by permission, but by force. He has manipulated people to follow him and overthrow his aged father. And it's a very season that's very difficult on him politically, but even more difficult on him emotionally. He's struggling. And that time has kind of come and gone, and and uh, his, his plan to, un, to overthrow his dad did not, was not successful. But he's aging and he knows the time is near. The difference between you and me and the people that are buried at Memory Lane seminary, Cemetery. Uh, did I say seminary? There's a little close now. Cemetery, the difference is because we're still in our vapor and they're not. And David sees that his window of life is coming down to a close. And he prays to the Lord. He petitions God in Psalm 71. He says some things I think are going to be very helpful to anyone today. Whether you're a teenager, you're 10 years old, or you're 80 years old, there are things that God will speak to us this morning if we'll let him speak. Let's look, if we can, please, at verse number 1. The Bible says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. You see that he's asking. It's a present act. It's personal. Lord, I put my trust in you, and it's a prayerful act. He says, deliver me in thy righteousness. You'll see righteousness reiterated several times in this passage of Scripture. Would you look at verse number 5? Read it with me, would you please? For thou art my, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. Verse number seven, he says, I am a wonder among many. Many wonder why I'm still alive or how I can keep on going. But thou art the strong refuge. Would you look at verse number nine with me and read it out loud with me? Cast me not off in the time of old age. He says, look, Lord, when I get older, still use me. Don't put me on the shelf. Don't leave me just to watch the world go by. Help me to see what your purposes are. And when I'm older, still use the time and the energy, though it's, I can't do everything I used to do with energy, but he said, don't cast me off when I'm old. Let, me, let you be my refuge. Let me seek strength from you. It's a good prayer to pray, isn't it? Let's look at the next thing the Bible says. In verse number 11, he said, saying, God hath forsaken him. Let me pick up verse 10. For my enemies speak against me. Maybe the enemies of health or maybe even other folks that said you're too old to do anything. Or maybe something you hear in your own heart. They lay in wait for my soul. They take counsel together. Verse 11, saying, here's what the enemies say. God hath forsaken him. Is that a true or false statement? You know, sometimes we, we listen to lies. I don't like to be lied to. Do you? bothers me when someone lies to me. But I've listened to lies from without, and I've listened to lies from within. That God's not helping you this time. He's walked out on you. He's not helping you in this situation. And the psalmist says, you know what? I've, I've heard their lies, that the Lord's forsaken me. The second lie, there's two lies here, and there's two petitions. Let's look at, the, let's look at verse 11 again. He said, saying, God had forsaken him. Persecute and take him. Read the next slide, would you please, with me? For there is none. Is that true or false? Yeah. Boy, one of the things that you hear as you age, oftentimes, you, hear, you get to believe in a lie. 
like I'm not going to live very long, or I'm not going to be used of God, or my life doesn't matter anymore. No one listens to older people. I don't have much purpose. One of the things you'll find in the New Testament when God addresses the older men and ladies, he tells them, be sober. doesn't mean not to drink. All that's a very good idea. One way you can promise never to be drunk is don't drink. People sometimes say, well, there's no prohibition against drinking, just being drunk. Well, here's one way you don't get drunk. Don't drink. Stay away from it. Abstain it from it altogether. I believe the, if you can find excuses in the Bible why people, it's okay to drink alcohol, I can tell you the overwhelming emphasis of the Bible is to abstain from it altogether. Don't put it in your lips. Don't drink. They spent $60,000 and gave it to Oregon State University to find out the reason for alcohol. I can tell you for alcoholism. And they spent $60,000 to do research and find out the reasons for alcoholism. I could have saved you some money. It's alcohol. (laughs) The reason for alcoholism is alcohol. If you didn't have alcohol, you you don't have alcoholism. If you don't have alcohol, you don't have drinking. You don't have drunks. You don't have the the pain and the challenges. How many times have I been in a jail visiting someone who has been intoxicated and has done a crime or done something wrong or hurt their wife, hurt their kids, and scars they have with no excuse and no reason? The Bible tells us that's what's going to happen. But you know, the Bible's telling us here, he says, look, there, there are some folks that will say, And lies that we hear that God has forsaken me and I don't have a purpose. And when he talks about being sober, he doesn't mean not being drunk. He means having purpose. That means realizing as long as you're breathing, there's a reason why. There's something you can do. There's something you ought to be doing. Don't believe the lies that, you know what, I'm just now just going to, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, and I'm just going to admire my t-shirt. No, there's something God wants you to do. He wants you to be sober. But the psalmist says, you know, I've heard the lies. God's forgotten me. I'm not important to God. By the way, you are important to God. Young, old, one of the greatest things. You'll never experience God's greatness in your life or mine unless we first understand God's goodness to us. When we understand his goodness, then we'll understand his greatness, and he'll let us, he'll, he'll use us. So we find two lies. We see two petitions. Look at verse number 12, would you please? I love to see and hear people read the Bible. Would you read verse 12 with me? You ready? Oh God, be not far from me. Oh my God. He said, Lord, I want two things from you. I want your presence and I want your provision. He said, Lord, when I don't feel like you're going to be with me anymore, you're forsaken me. When I feel like that I'm not being useful and there's no one going to help me, Would you provide me your presence? Would you be with me? And would you give me help and provide for me what I need for my steps? Well, that's two things you ought to do. You ought to pray about that. Can we look at the couple things, and I'll close out with a few thoughts here this morning. Look at verse 13. Let him, let them be confounded that consume, and consume that are adversaries to my what? Your soul... He said, people that are trying things that things and people and events that are trying to be adversarial to me, one of, your soul is how you think, it's how you feel, and it's what you want. It's your mind, your will, and your emotion. And oftentimes, as we age, we oftentimes, our thinking and our feelings and our desires get squirrely. They're not, they're not, they're not funneled through the Word of God. They're funneled through our own feelings, through society, 
through how we think. He said, man, those enemies of my soul, Lord, please deal with those. Look at verse number 14. But I will hope continually, and I will praise thee more and more. As the psalmist oftentimes does, he paints a negative picture of things going wrong. And then he turns the page in the middle of the book and says, hey, yes, these are all problems. But I'll take my care and I'll make it prayer and I'll hear the lies and I'll give my petitions for the presence and the provision of God. And then what follows that? Hope. He says, I will hope in the Lord. I want you to notice something else he says in verse number 15. My mouth shall show forth thy what? And thy salvation all the day. For I know not the numbers thereof. He goes, you know what? I think I'm going to get urgent about opening my mouth and telling people the righteousness of God. How that he's right. Why? Because I don't know how many days I have left. I don't know the number of my days. Psalm 90, he says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. As we age, I would say to you, grandparents, those of you who have more of your life behind you than in front of you, we ought to be more urgent and evaluate what does God want in my life. I will hope in the Lord. I will speak of his righteousness. Look at the next verse the Bible tells us, verse number 16. I will go in the strength of the Lord our God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even thine. You know, I think this is interesting when we pray, God gives us hope, he gives us resolve to go on. Now, one of the challenges that happen as we age, sometimes we, we lose energy and we get fatigued. We can get discouraged. I talked to someone today and, and uh, their spouse had passed away not too long ago. And they just said to me, I wanna go where my husband is, where God is, I want to go yesterday. And I understand that sentiment, but I think it's a, it's a failure. Because even though, God, and, and who's the one who picks one person to go to heaven and one person to stay? The Lord. And if God lets you stay in whatever situation, you're supposed to be content in that situation. I mean, you can't grieve, can't be sorry. But you know what that person's mind is? It's all about what they want, how they feel, and how they think. And they're missing the opportunity to do what God wants them to do while they're still in their vapor. I think when we learn to take our care and make it prayer, we take the lies and we add the petitions, a couple things happen. Number one, we have hope. Number two, we get resolved. I will go on. The old farmer said, if you strike a thorn or a rose, well, keep going. If it hails or if it snows, well, keep going. He said, if there ain't no fish on your line, just bait your hook and keep trying, keep going. If the weather kills your crop, keep going. If it's work to reach the top, well, keep on going. Suppose you're out of every dime. Well, getting broke ain't no crime. Just tell the world you're doing fine and keep going. You're not going to do that in your own ability, but you can do it with God. He says, I'm going to, number one, I'm going to hope in the Lord. I'm going to speak of his righteousness, and I am going to keep on going in his strength, not mine. Let's look at the next verse if we can. Verse 17. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth. Hitherto have I declared thy wondrous worth. He said, I look back and I saw how God has directed my life. Listen, you can't steer your car straight, look in the rearview mirror, but it's good time every once in a while to look in the rearview mirror and say to the Lord, God bless you. To say, um, 
to the Lord, God, you've been good to me. You've aligned my steps. You've helped me. You've brought me this far by faith. I think about that, uh, that song. We've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. There's no need to doubt him now. There's a song that was written, there's no need to doubt him now. He'll make a way somehow. Safely this far, Jesus has led me. There's no need to doubt him now. If I've, got him, if I've had him then, he'll have him, I'll have him today. If I could trust him then, I can trust him today. If he brought me through this problem, he'll bring me through this problem. He'll help me. And, and the psalmist is trying to build courage. But here's the purpose. Would you look at the next verse, would you? Everybody look at verse number 18. Let's read it together. Can we please? Now also when I am, O God, forsake me not until I have shown thy strength unto this generation. Yeah. He said, look. What, this is a good question for all of us in this stage of life, on this grandparents' day, is what will my life say about God when I'm old? What will your life say about God when people look at you in your aging years? When they look at grandma and grandpa, what will, will your life, it doesn't really matter if you have a pile of money or you've got a 401k's full. What is your life going to say about God? The next time I do a funeral will be my 487th time to do a funeral in the last 20 years of being a pastor. Don't come to this church, you might die. <laughs> I've been to a lot of services. I've been to a lot of gravesides. I've listened to a lot of people talk about deceased loved ones. I've heard them brag that they were such a Cubs fan. Oh, and they talked the whole service about being a Cubs fan. I've heard him say, you know what, he did real well for himself. I've heard him talk about how that he was always joking around. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things I just quoted. But one of the most pleasant funerals I've ever been to, those have been funerals, people who have, whenever they were old, their life spoke well of God. And they passed on his power and his strength to the next generation. I think that was the heartbeat of the psalmist. He said, Lord, if you're going to keep me alive, let my days and my nights and my decades or my years, my weeks, give others a good opinion of your strength and your power that I can hand it off to those who follow after. A couple things I'll close with. Number one, I want to encourage you to remember that troubles are not a respecter of stages of life. Young people have troubles, old people have troubles. We have oppositions, we have challenges with health, we have different things. Someone said if all our troubles were hung out in the line, at the end of the day you'd pick your troubles, I'd pick mine. Troubles are not a respecter of stages of life. But faith and prayer are the best way to approach trouble. When you approach trouble, I'm sure some of us, we get on Facebook and tell everybody our problems. Some of us, we have trouble, we get on the phone and call everybody. We put the cover over our heads and just talk about how horrible it is to be me. But when you have a trouble, learn to take your care and make it prayer. Learn to trust God and put your trust in Him. You know, no one can do that for you. I can't put your trust in God for you. You can't put your trust in God for me. 
It's something that must be personal, it must be present, and it must be a prayerful act. And from the prayer that we pray for God's help, and we say, Lord, I want your presence and I want your provision, God gives us hope, he gives us purpose, he gives us a tongue to talk of his righteousness, and he gives us a chance to give to the next generation and show them through our decisions in our life. Listen, finish strong. Those of you watching by way of live stream or listening by the way of the radio, or those who are listening to this program later on, this message later on, hey, finish strong. Don't be less faithful, be more faithful. Remember that your presence and your participation are big to those of us who come after. There's a marriage retreat. You've been married for 45, 50 years. We need you there. You're the mark. Those of us who've been married for 10 years, we're going through our battles and hitting our walls. We need to see that someone built their life going through the same battles. Remember, there is a God out there, and he has seen to others through your willingness to obey and to show his strength and his power to those who come after. You're so valuable. Those of us who are aging, you're extremely valuable to the work of the Lord. Don't believe the lie that God's done with you and it's all over. Put a fork in you, don't even worry about it. No, no, you got purpose. And one of your main purposes is to pass on to the next generation God's dream and his power. We need you to show up. We need you to stand up. We need you to continue on and finish all the way for the Lord in faithfulness, taking your problems, your difficulties, your problems, and making them prayer, and letting God give us hope, help, and purpose, and strength, and power. May God help us to do that wherever we are in life today.